Welcome to the Philippe Matthews Show at thepmshow.tv. Named the Oprah of the Internet by Mark Victor Hansen, Philippe Matthews doesn't ask questions that are different. He simply asks questions that make a difference. The Philippe Matthews Show features entertainers, bestsellers, authors, thought leaders, change agents, and world-class experts in the field of personal, spiritual, and professional development. An internet marketing entrepreneur, Philippe is the creator of the How Movement, dedicated to teaching people how to move from the mindset of hope to the process of how. If you are ready to take your life to the next level, move from the mindset of why to the mindset of why not. Tune in right now to this latest latest edition of the Philippe Matthews Show, and watch your life grow. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, on the Philippe Matthews Show, and uh, as you know, I uh, uh, love uh, watching uh, certain programs that uh, I feel uh, change lives and make the world a better place. I, uh, New Year's Day, I was sitting, uh, minding my own uh, business while I was flipping the channels, and happened to come across a show uh, on TLC called The Sisterhood. I uh, didn't know it was the inaugural show. It was the first episode uh, of the show, and I fell in love with it. It was about uh, uh, these sisters who are first ladies, uh, uh, phenomenal pastors and ministers out of Atlanta. And so, as you know, uh, when I love something, I go after it. And so I got a chance to uh, get in touch with Mark and Ivy Couch, who uh, are stars uh, of this reality show, and they're with us today. How are you guys? Wonderful. We are wonderful. Just happy to be on, you know, with you. On the show, man, and we just, uh, we consider it to be a blessing, man. You're doing great work. We just uh, thank God for the opportunity. Well, I thank God for you, uh, and, and I want to kind of go through a lot of things. I want to talk about the show, of course. But I also want to really focus on, on you guys, one, as a couple, and then also as, as a ministry. Uh, first of all, you guys on the show, it's blatantly obvious how much in love you guys are with each other. And that is so good to see uh, uh, powerful black folk in love with each other. How did you guys meet? Well, well, to make a long story short, uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, a mentor of mine kept inviting me. She was a member of, of, of Pastor Mark's church. He uh, was one of the. He started with nine. He started from scratch uh, in one of the worst uh, areas in Atlanta, and mm. um, she kept inviting me. And I kind of was saying, I don't, you know, I don't want to go to church with her, but let me not be rude. Well, thank <laughs> God I did. <laughs> And the rest was kind of, you know, history. It didn't happen overnight. You know, I kind of went to the church and really fell in love with his ministry. I didn't even see him in that light. Um, I was dating at the time, and, and I joined the church and joined the praise team. And I would say maybe six months, seven months in, uh, he took a bunch of people to a basketball game. We happened to talk, and then the rest is history. He proposed about 45 days later, so... <laughs> All right, now, 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 uh, Pastor Mark, was it was it a situation where you changed the scripture? Because I know when you saw Ivy, you said, "The Lord is my shepherd; that's what I want." <laughs> I like that. No, actually, at the game, man, we ended up sitting next to each other. And okay. Then I realized we actually had on the same thing. We was both wearing red and black. And uh, actually, after sitting with her two hours, I don't think we ever saw the game. I forget who the Hawks was playing. We had, <laughs> 
we had good conversation and, and actually uh at that moment after the game I, I knew that she was um the one that God was uh, uh sending to me. So actually like forty five days after that I proposed to her and I guess like wow. three months that we was uh we was married. That's incredible. Beautiful, beautiful story. What were your childhoods like? Because, you know, not too many people uh uh, wake up and say, "Hey, you know, when I get uh, when I grow up, I'm going to be a pastor of a major church, and I'm going to be the first lady of of a major church." Uh, what were your childhoods like? No, absolutely not. Nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, in a nutshell, um, Mark grew up. His family's originally from Philadelphia. Um, the whole family migrated to uh, Atlanta. Um, go ahead, honey. Why don't you tell him yeah. about you? Yeah, we are. We all my family. We're really from originally from Chester, Pennsylvania. I've been here since I was a uh, a young child. Man, my, my okay. uh, has been involved. It has thirty years in music. He passed away in '09. So I grew up around music. Grew around, grew up around the gospel industry, the quartet world, and so uh, that's the that's the sort of the arena I grew up in. I've I've always uh, been a part of of church. My mother brought me up in the church, and I went through those teenage years straight away. Did my own thing. Started working in the clubs. So and uh, eventually, God brought me, uh, brought re- reeled me back in from the club world. Uh, to make a long story short, and, and uh, gave me new purpose. Went back to sc- uh, school, went to Bible college. Finally, excelled in school for the first time in Bible college, and you know, went on later to get my master's in uh, Christian edu- uh, you know, Christian education, so on and so forth. Man, and um, you know, started from scratch with nine people uh, in the hood. We had close to a, a thousand, a thousand members now, and uh, we're in the inner city, and. Uh, we all about transforming, uh, transforming people, man, and watching people transform. Oh, that's beautiful! Absolutely incredible, Ivy. Um, for me, I was born and raised in Roxbury, uh, Massachusetts, um, and um, they used to tease me when I was young. They used to say we were the backwards uh, Cosby's because um, my mother was the physician in the house and my father was uh, the judge. And I think the Cosby's it was the other way around. Um, but you know, one of the things I love about my my parents, they they raised me um, to always be humble. My father never left the. We we grew up on the street that he grew up, and he grew up you know poor and in the hood, and that's where we stayed. So it was a, it was a it was a balance of private schools and exposure from them having the type of jobs that they had. But at the same time, I grew up you know in the hood around the way, and so that was a that you know that was a nice balance for me. And then I came to Spelman. Um, you know, and graduated with an English degree. But while I was at Spelman, I was songwriting and working with a lot of uh, people in the Atlanta entertainment world. And um, that's when I kind of fell into position to be asked to join Escape. Um, it was right when Candy left the group mm-hmm. um, around 2000, I would say, because I had graduated, in, you know, in May, and I think I was joining the group like in November. Um, and that's that was, where I know you from. Well, you know, and it's funny because a lot of people don't. Because I mean, it really was. I was never on any of the albums, you know. But it was an honor just to be joining a group like that. It was a great. Yeah, experience. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I was I was uh, the first beauty editor of, a, of Upscale Magazine out of Atlanta, so I was really strong back in that time uh, in the in the music world. So yeah, yeah. Now that that is like Ivy. I, I know the face. I know where 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 where. That's it. Okay. Okay. All right, go ahead. Go ahead, finish. I'm sorry. So, you know, it's a small world and um, lived with Tiny for about a year and a half and 
you know, we were in the studio, we were doing some concerts, we did some touring, you know, learning. I was I was struggling trying to learn the dance moves that they had perfected for a decade. <laughs> it was a wild ride, but you know, have a, so much love and respect for all the all the uh, women of Escape, and it's one of those things you look back on and you you just thank God for the experience, um, for the good and the bad. You know, learned a lot, and then when I left the group. Went back to Boston, went to law school for about a year and a half, and then realized that I was a little bit too much of a creative spirit, and God was drawing me back to Atlanta. I really had no idea why, um, but came back in, in 2006, and kind of the rest is history. So, but I never saw myself as a first lady, but Mark said I was born for it because I love people. And, um, Definitely never, born for it. Never meet a stranger. But. <laughs> and I never thought I would be a pastor. I thought maybe I would sing in the choir. Never, never pastor a church, man. But when God has a plan for you, just as with Paul, you can't escape it. Isn't that the truth? And 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 here's the thing: from looking at uh, your videos uh, and and your ministry, uh, one would think that this was just your destiny. I mean, you're so good at it, and because it's so natural um, and, and so powerful, you would think that that was something that you wanted to do all your life. Right, right, you're right. You're talking about the sermons, or you're talking about us performing together, singing? With the, well, both. The sermons that I've seen online as well as the singing. You just think it's just natural. Yeah, we both, you know, we both, that, you know, when we got together, she loved to sing, and I loved to I love to sing, and we just it just sort of came together naturally. And we originally did it not to uh, not for uh, to to become uh, rich or famous. We just did it because we just love music, and we didn't care what happened to it. But it sort of was some one of the things that helped to get us on the show. I guess I don't know, but it seemed to be working out now. <laughs> well, yeah, you think. Uh, <laughs> so so talk to me about that. How how difficult was it to build a church? I mean, it's been difficult to build anything, uh, but I think particularly a church in the inner city, um, uh, in the uh, negative climate uh, and cynical climate that we're in uh, today, uh, how, how did you uh, manage to do that and, and break through that? Uh, you you can't do it on your own, man. You can only do it by the grace of God. It's something that you got to be graced to do. And if you're not graced to do it, and if the anointing is not on you to do it, you're not going to succeed in, in an environment such as uh, uh, that we had to had to deal with. When we got to um, when I got to Dill Avenue, it was actually deemed to be the worst street in Atlanta, and you could not drive uh, from one end of the street to the next, probably about a, a mile radius, without having seen, uh, without exaggeration, a minimum of uh, 30 or 40 prostitutes. And so, um, you know, God called me to that area, infiltrated with prostitution, gang violence. And, um, you know, we, we went in, created a, a outlets for the prostitutes, uh, started creating outlets for the children that, that was uh, on in, dealing with gangs and uh, in, on, on gangs and gangs, uh, created a basketball league, did things like that and gave them outlets. And I've come to realize that the people that, that we helped to save in that community, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so we showed them that we cared, and then once we showed them that they, they, we cared and they started to trust us, then we started saying, okay, if you want to be on a basketball team, if you want to cheerlead, uh, you, you're going to have to come to church. You're going to participate in church. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I got a, a gang to report. The prostitutes started to know, hey, 
if we're going to prostitute, we can't do it in front of this church no more. We can't do it on this mm-hmm. uh, because Pastor Couch is serious about it. So we created outlets for them. We just didn't beat them across the head and say, you got to go to church. Uh, you know, we uh, gained reports, reports with rehab centers, and we would help uh, send them to rehab. And, you know, they go through rehab, and they come back. We still have prostitutes that come back to the church today. One, many have their own businesses, and they've gone from ministers to society to productive members in society. So uh, we got about two prostitutes left. Uh, <laughs> wow. And the countdown is on. Oh, my yeah. gosh. That's yeah, man. That's what it's, it's not easy to make a long story short. It's, it's yes. Working. We went yes. through some real trying times, but, you know, it seems like now we're so we can see the breaking of day. The church is packed out, and God has taken us to another level. Well, speaking of packed out, um, I'm sure uh, that as a result of this show, uh, you guys are uh, going to an, uh, an entirely different level that yeah. neither one of you could have predicted. Yeah, yeah. So we we've had one Sunday after the that we've experienced after the first airing, and it it was packed out. Well, to be honest with you, Felipe, we we was we we was packed all the time. Anyway, we we have two services, and and what we saw last week, we we did see a lot of new faces. Everybody didn't want to stand up at the visitors at the time of visitors because, of course, we we would have known they was visiting because of the show, but. Mm-hmm. I come up to us after church and say we saw the show and we love the show and we joined the church and and so I can imagine from from here on uh, the sky is the limit to who God draws to the church. They may come for one reason, but they're going to end up there uh, uh, getting delivered, saved, saved. For the right reason, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I love it. So how did the show come about? How who who was it that approached you and said, hey, you know, I mean, how do, how does one approach you about something like that? Uh, I'll let Ivy tell that story. It's amazing. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because this is something that Mark and I never would have even seen for ourselves or dreamed of. I'm actually somebody who's very, um, even though I know I've, I am very transparent once you get to know me, but I'm also very secretive. So I was never somebody who was on Facebook, you know, Twitter. I, didn't, I still don't even know how to Twitter, you know. <laughs> is is bringing me into the the fold, but um, it's just, you know, I didn't watch a lot of television. I did watch some reality, so I'm kind of in the know, Um, but we had some friends over, and they kind of said, you know, I think that, you know, there's there's a new television show that's getting ready to come out um, that's going to, you know, be centered around first ladies and pastors, and I was like, you know, they'll never do a show like that. And they were like, no, they're really doing it. And so I, we kind of laughed it off. I said, well, I'm definitely going to watch. Because, this was back in January. Yeah. You know, Felipe, I said, I'm going to watch, and I just pray that they, you know, that they really keep it real and, and walked away from it. We never, you know, that was, we never saw anything of it. And hmm. to be honest with you, the Holy Spirit woke me up uh, later in that week, and, and basically I, I, could, he, I could not rest um, until I did the research to find out, who was really behind the show, and then God gave me the boldness to put in some calls to find out, you know, what the integrity behind the company that was that was doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, I called just to say, listen, I hope you guys, you know, uphold the integrity of what it means to be a pastor and a first lady. Just, just really one of those bold calls that you put in just to say, like, you know, this is, you know, I want to make sure you do it right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ended up being on the phone with, you know, one of the main producers who said, like, what's it to you? <laughs> and so, 
<laughs> I said, well, what I just said, well, you know, I, you know, graciously let him know that, you know, I happened to be a first lady. It was, it was a tough role. And being honest and transparent, we ended up being on the phone for like 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. As, as that was happening, he was doing some research on us online and then just kind of said, well, listen, you know, we happen to be casting for the show. We have a we have a huge lineup. We have a lot of mega churches, but there's something interesting about you and about what we've talked about today. Can we meet you and your husband? I, long story short, I told Mark. We said they're never going to call. You know, there's about a there's a church on every block in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You know, we're nowhere near the mega status, so we didn't think anything of it. A um, couple weeks later, you know, next thing you know, the president of True Entertainment, along with some major producers were ringing my doorbell. And, amazing. Um, yeah, it, it really is amazing, and I realized that. Um, so what was the, so okay, so you guys had that first meeting. Yes. Obviously, well, I don't know. Did you know any of the sisters and pastors uh, on the show prior to? No. Or did you know of them, or? No. We no. kind of knew. I knew of. We knew of Anthony of Murray. Murray. Yeah. Because we had watched them on television, and my husband would always say, you know, that that guy has, you know, he's anointed and, and you know, he's God is showing him favor because we saw that their church was growing very rapidly. Um mm. only been in ministry for like four years. But um, we didn't know any of the people that they were even thinking about casting for the show. We were hearing rumors, and we had no idea we were going to be cast. All they simply did was a test interview, and they said, you know, we just are showing hundreds of videos to TLC, and TLC was handpicking the cast. Yeah, they was happy. Oh, is that right? Okay, okay. Yeah, so they took the video back to um, TLC. TLC viewed it, and uh, they uh, called us um, about, I guess, about a month later. And they it was said, actually funny, Philippe. Uh, Pastor Mark um, had left me for a week to go to the Holy Land. That was the longest we've ever been apart. Um, so I survived off of Skype for a week. <laughs> While he was navigating, you know, where Jesus walked, and um, he came back a changed man. And then shortly after that, I think the, uh, the day after he came back from Jerusalem. No, the day I came back. Oh, the day, God, the yeah, day yeah. he came back, we got word that they wanted to wanted, um, to yeah. wanted us to be on the show. So it's been a wow. ride, to say the least. So when we watch the show and we see that you guys are all getting together for the first time having dinner, all of that is actually real. Yes. 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 <laughs> wow. So you guys are literally meeting the other cast members for the first time. That's incredible. Right. Yeah. 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 We had so, one. We had one. Go other, ahead. We had one other uh, dinner uh, with the cast that was about two hours, and but we didn't get a chance to really know each other then. And then uh, I guess about a month or two after that, we started doing some filming. And that first meeting had no cameras. No, I had no cameras. So that was actually the first meeting where we all had cameras surrounding us, you know, four and five cameras, and it's like, yeah. woof, you know. Now, well, I was going to say, now, how does that hap- How does that work for you? Because, uh, it, it, you know, you're a celebrity in one sense in your church and in your ministry, uh, but, you know, now you're doing television and, and you're considered to be legitimate celebrities, uh, and you've got cameras around you 24-7, how do you and your family adjust to that and the people around you? Yeah, well, first of all, that's a very um, that's a very excellent question, it's, and it's a tough question because I'm going to be honest, I don't think Mark and I see ourselves as celebrities. I know that, you know, once you open yourself up to this level of television, um, that may naturally 
be con- uh, of consequence. But I think we just remaining humble. Um, but it is it is a huge step. I mean, and like you said, people in your church love you and they know you and they can reach out and touch you. But um, I'm gonna be honest with you, it was exhausting <laughs> because you're constantly, at least for us. I can't speak for everybody on the cast. But Mark and I, you know, knowing that this was a direct assignment from God, uh, you're walking into it constantly saying, God, listen, I'm human. I don't want to fail you. I don't want to fail my husband. I don't want to. And to walk into scene after scene with, with just the mental strain of wanting to, knowing that you want to keep it real, but at the same time, you know, you really want to show the love of Christ all the time, no matter what's being thrown at you. It is. It was. It's the toughest thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. Well, go ahead. Go ahead, uh, Pastor Mark. Go ahead. What were you going to say? No, no, no. Just pre- pretty, pretty much the same thing, man. We we went into it uh, ready to embrace uh, the assignment, but also uh, making sure that we made it a, 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 a point to uh, show forth the love of God, not just on camera, but more so off camera. And what we what we experienced was through our genuineness and uh, people off camera, the production companies, I mean, the people that on the production crew, you know, they were really drawn to Christ through our relationship and the love we were showing them off the camera. And they, they, they started to realize these people are, are real and uh, mm-hmm, they really, mm-hmm. and they really love each other. And, and that's what we was in it for, man, because we had a lot of these camera people, they they did the other shows, Atlanta Housewives, the production company, and and they was coming into this wanting to really know, know just like everybody else, okay, are pastors and pastors' wives, are they really real? Do they mm-hmm. practice? preach of what's really going on behind the scenes and they came into it wanting to see that so it was our assignment to reach them before we wanted to reach anybody else yeah that's a beautiful thing uh you know and i'll tell you something uh by uh, interviewing so many um celebrities there and you guys just kind of get prepared for it you know you can manage uh your celebrity but you cannot manage fame because that has nothing to do with you because that's how people perceive you and you have no control over how millions of people see you. And so your life uh, and and the people around you are going to change uh, radically. uh, And so you need to... As they say, you know, fortify your 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 fortress <laughs> and get the right people around you because uh, here they come. Uh, you, you, you know, so uh, and I remember watching the, the Bruce Willis uh, once on on uh, this was years ago when he was on Johnny Carson and he had just uh, you know reached that level of, of being a household name and he said I I cannot control this thing called fame I have no idea how to handle it. And that's, that's, the, that's at the top of the level. So in the economical community, how are you guys uh, being received uh, versus uh, the people uh, in, in uh, wanting to come to church or, or to Christians and non-Christians? How are you received by your peers and by the economical community? Well, I, well, I think it's 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 twofold. I think in um, in public we are trying to get used to people staring, and you know some people coming up to you and hey sisterhood. But at, on the on the flip side of it, I think uh, being at the show has drawn a lot of controversy. We also had to um, uh, get anesthetized to the criticism uh, that mm-hmm. uh, that was coming um, our way for 
things done on the show, so on and so forth. So, uh, uh, on the radio stations, we got a, we, we've done several interviews this weekend, and we had to ask a lot of questions in regards to uh, will God be glorified on the show, and 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 ultimately, and ultimately, if you had it to do over again, would you still do it, and what's your purpose for being the, on the show? And then you had a lot of people, as you already know, that was hating on the show right out of the out of the gate. Right, right. Before they'd even watched the fool's episode, was tweeting this garbage, and some calling the women pigs and calling the women uh, out of their out of their names. So we had to get used to had to get used to that, and that's when everything that we've learned in scripture and everything that we've been taught in regards to faith had to kick in. And I had to say to to myself, number one, you know, we did not do this to reach Christians. Uh, the Bible says those who are well don't need a physician, and so we had to let the world know we didn't do it to reach Christians. We did it to uh, reach those who may be outside of the body of Christ in hopes that the light from our relationship will radiate and emanate and hopefully someone will be drawn uh, to that light. Uh, number two, uh, the point that I made on Christian radio and other, other places was uh, we cannot, we got to let God be God. In this world, anything that anything that happens, we understand that it's either from a theological perspective, it's either because of God's perfect will or his permissive will. Either he allows it to happen or he causes it to happen. And and this show that's going on right now, either God allowed it or God caused it. Caused mm-hmm. it. But if you are a believer, you must believe Romans 8.28, which states all things work together to the good to them that love God. And you believe that the show, if you believe that the show is an evil show and the people in it are evil, hold on to your word, Christian, that states that God can take what the devil means for evil and turn it around. And last but not least, last I heard, Jesus said, upon this rock I build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. And so if you don't believe us... Believe God's word and wait for his word to come to pass, and then when it's all said and done, he'll be glorified. Well, you know, what I what I absolutely appreciate is that what, what I have seen uh, from viewing the show, it is um, uh, a, a, a case study in human behavior and Christianity. Um, you know, you, here, here's the thing. What you guys have to realize is that as you know, you said there's a church on every block in Atlanta. Well, that's probably true for many of the uh, uh, inner cities uh, throughout the country. So yeah. there's going to be some people that's just going to hate on you because you are on television uh, and arrived on this phenomenal show and getting all of this publicity for free because you did the right thing and of the right thing. But then there are going to be people who uh, also look at you and say, oh, my God, I had no idea. Um, uh, how cool it is uh, to be Christian. Mm, that's right. That's right. You know, because you guys make it, you know, it's, and, and also just to see a husband and wife ministerial team uh, yeah. behind the scenes, that is something that nobody really gets a chance to other than the people who are working for the church. They don't really get a chance to see that level. And uh, so I think you're going to. Uh, uh, have droves of non-Christians looking and seeking and finding. And, uh, you know, I also think, let's talk about this, uh, because it is a lot of controversy. Um, in, in my assessment, I think that the the uh, time and the demographic has changed rapidly. There needs to be a new message and a new level of church that is less dogmatic. Are you in agreement with that, or how do you feel about that? Most definitely, man. Um, I think what my wife was actually saying on the, on the radio today that 
you know, we can't control how God uh, chooses to um, uh, reach people. Uh, he's making us, definitely, he's making us fishers of, of men. And uh, he, he chooses how he wants us to go fishing. And so um, uh, one of the things that we were stating to, today was it was also a, a big um, a controversy in the church in Christendom when Kurt Franklin came on the scene. And people saw it was the devil's music, and he did mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know, they thought he was he's going to hell because he's he sort he sort of took gospel to a new level. And what people start understanding now is maybe this is how God wants to wants to speak to this next generation. And so he starts he started to communicate to a new generation on their level where they can understand God in in their language. And and it's still going on. You got people that's going beyond Kirk Franklin now. You got gospel rap and and sure. it's gonna, it, 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 things are going to keep changing and things are going to keep progressing. And we got to be able to go with the times. And so we believe that the show is groundbreaking and maybe this is a new avenue that God wants to use to reach people. And man, this is what we've seen, man. People that have never been to church or people that have stopped going to church that have given up on church. Now they are coming back to church simply through this avenue. I think with uh, Christians, some Christians fail to give that a chance. Mm-hmm. Ivy, uh, uh, speak to me about uh, about this as as well. Um, you, you know, it's 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 one thing to uh, you know look at the show, and you know you have some people who are saying, "Well, this is just not right because uh, they shouldn't be talking about." Uh, their sex lives uh, on the show. Uh, they shouldn't be showing that. Why do you say, do you, how do you deal with the uh, old school, traditional, uh, uh, you know, Christian folk, uh, you know, very sanctified, and mm-hmm. versus the new uh, 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 group of, of demographics that are uh, okay with it and, and look at it as being real and not as stressful? and say this is the kind of ministry that I'm kind of looking for because it's real. Right, right. And that's a great question. I think um, for us, when we when we signed up and agreed after we fasted and prayed about it, and Mark and I don't do anything that, you know, that we're not on one accord with, um, on a serious note, we, we agreed that we would be transparent. I think the, the problem with, because um, you know, I grew up in a very traditional Baptist church, and, you know, we both have those backgrounds and respect you know, that side of Christendom. But I think part of the problem, though, with a lot of the saints is that um, they are so swept into tradition that, you know, what happens is, you know, everybody wants to hide behind this facade of being perfect and, you know, um, you know, when they step into the church, they're perfect, and then, you know, they, 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 they don't even get, you know, three inches from their car, and they're cussing somebody out. <laughs> right. Body love. And, but then, you know, you know, you know, lots of comedians have even joked, like, you know, catch a deacon or, a, you know, someone on the motherboard when no one's looking, and you may be like, oh, my goodness. So it's not to, you know, say, aha, you know, you're not a Christian. It's just to say, listen, we're all saved by grace, and so this is a struggle. Any, anyone who is really struggling to be more like Christ day to day, you're supposed to be dying to Christ daily. It's a daily struggle. So I did not want to present perfect because that's not I – don't, I don't even try to act like I'm perfect, and I thank God for the roadblocks and the, and, and the trials that I've gone through because I won't even – it won't even allow me 
the God in me, I can't even be fake. You know, I can't even act like I am not a filthy rag if I, you know, butt covered by the blood. So, you know, I, I, I think in terms of specifically with the handcuffs, you know, the joke I have with the husband offline is that, you know, you know, he's a jokester. And, you know, he was really joking, and he had given me several gag gifts, because really it was Father's Day in that scene. I was giving him um, some handcuffs. I had purchased this beautiful bound, uh, I gave, excuse me, yeah, I gave you some couplings, and I um, purchased this beautiful bound poem um, from the that was you know written from a biblical standpoint, and they didn't really show a lot of that. And then he gave me these gag gifts that caught me off guard, and along with the handcuffs, he had given me a T-shirt and some hunting gear because, <laughs> and he knows that I'm not looking forward. I don't care to learn how to hunt. <laughs> <laughs> And the, the thing that's so funny about doing reality shows is you have to know going in that they're going to cut up what they choose to cut up. And, of course, they made it seem a little bit more risque than the scene actually played out. But in knowing what I signed up for and walking tall and knowing that God has never failed me, I have to trust that what I love most about the handcuff scene is that ultimately I don't have to be ashamed. I'm a married woman. Um, we are newlyweds, um, you know, and um, I think if more people would talk openly about intimacy and sex within the church, we wouldn't have so many uh, couples falling by the wayside, pastors, you know, you hear about pastors, you know, struggling with infidelity. And, sure, sure. You know, the, the, the list goes on and absolutely, on. Absolutely, absolutely. Immoralities that have come out of the church because no one wants to talk openly about it. Yeah, well, you know, uh, you bring up a good point. The other thing is, and I think people need to also realize, is that one, it's a reality show, and uh, part of uh, uh, what the producers uh, have to do is they have to have ratings so that show can get picked up again. So they're they're going to edit. Uh, the show uh, to raise an eyebrow to develop a level of, uh, if not controversy, conversation because there's always going to be conversation with controversy and I, and, and so I think uh, the editors of the show are absolute and the producers and the directors are absolute geniuses because they just knew enough to push right here, push this button right here, push the, oh that's going to push that button right there. That's great, uh, but let you guys be what you are. But uh, then in the editing room, uh, you know, set it up uh, where you got to come back after the commercial because you don't want to miss a thing. So I, I think that's, that's, that's part of it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And I heard, actually, I heard that they had, that another company, I really don't know the details, um, had aimed to get another first lady reality show uh, picked up, you know, um, by one of these major television um, networks. And I heard it did not make it because, specifically, they really had only, you know, they, the women that were in this one in particular had really shown up just to present perfect and just to present mm-hmm. kind of stereotypical big hat, you know, Sean John suit, um, let's plan, you know, the luncheon. And all of that has its place. I am not downing the lady who wears that because that's beautiful. There are aspects of the hat and the, the pretty suit that are traditional. But I think it's the aspect of them not showing up and saying, 
let's let people see whom we are. Let's let them see our struggles. Let's let them see, you know, that we cry, that we laugh, that we have mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. independent fellowship, and there's plenty of it on our show. Um, you know, because anytime you throw five passionate women in a room who love God, love their husbands, love themselves, you're going to have fireworks, and that's Absolutely. so funny. That's what makes you want to continue to tune in, and it is going to get even better. I cannot wait. Oh, I can't wait. Well, I just saw episode two, and I was like, well, oh, my gosh. You know, my, my sweetheart and I, we, we oh. sit up, and after the show, we talk about and debate the whole show for at least two hours after the show. Um, and that's what makes it phenomenal. I mean, this is what people are doing across the nation, and I think yep. it's really a, God has something up. He has something in store that I think is bigger than any of us can imagine. Correct. Now let's talk about this because we we we, we covered the basis of you know the, the the haters and the economical community and all of that. Let's talk about now uh, the personalities and characters on the show okay. uh, because everyone on the show is representing um, uh, uh, their Christ, their Lord, their faith uh, at their level, uh, and uh, some people. Uh, seemingly are rubbing people the wrong way, but some people feel like they're they're they're, they're too uh, uh, far into it that they can't be real. Others are saying that there are people on the show that are not Christian enough, uh, which I don't understand what that means. Uh, so, uh, talk to us about when you guys met Tara and Brian, uh, because the way the show is produced, directed, and edited, it appears that they're kind of like. Um, uh, the uh, black sheep of the uh, of the group because they're so controversial. They're, they're a beautiful couple. Uh, you've yeah. got a you've got a, a Jewish uh, uh, a minister. Uh, you've got a beautiful black uh, female minister who brought the Jewish minister into Christianity. So you've got that you got that dynamic going on. Then you've got the interracial thing going on, and it's like holy cow! And they're both fitness nuts. Uh, so so now here they are thrown into uh, Atlanta with you guys. How uh, and you guys have had you know some some interesting conversations, and it looks like it's going to get even more interesting as the show goes on. How how as Doctor Phil would say, how's that working out for you? Uh, I think what you what you stated was was key, and uh, each each couple brings something different uh, to the table. Um, the show has a theological undertone, undertone uh, that many people are missing. It's not the clashing of personalities as much as it is the clashing of doctrinal and denominational differences. In regards to Tara and, and Brian, what people don't understand is that they come from a strict Pentecostal background. That mm-hmm. And when you start talking about strict Pentecostals, uh, the lingo is holiness or hell. You know what I mean? Holiness is always right, and, and you know, and salvation is, is more so about how are you living and what are you doing. And if you're not doing this or if you're not living like that, or if you're, you know, you're not going to make it in, in, in the gates and you got to be living a perfect way. And that's what they uh, personify. That's what their character personifies. That's what they bring into the table, and that's what you see in them. Uh, they're more, if, if, more, more lofty, and you, like,
idea that they quote a lot of scripture, and as the season goes on, you see that they they're trying to, you know, they said last night on the show or two nights on the show, they said about talked about the devil's music when, and I'm quite sure you heard that when they were mm-hmm. talking about working mm-hmm. out what they listen to, and they don't listen to anything besides gospel. Well, yeah. Let me let me let me if I if I may, uh, uh, Pastor Mark, give you just a little bit of pushback on that because when we talk about Pentecostals and talk about that level of strictness, um, uh, and I and I wish I had Tara on uh, and Brian on on, on the call with them. We're, we're reaching out to them and, and inviting them to come on the show. Um, uh, you know, you're not supposed to wear lipstick and eyeshadow uh, and makeup, which she clearly does. Uh, you're not supposed to. Uh, wear clothing that uh, that's revealing and showing the body and all that when you're you know how do you deal with that when uh do you make christianity what you want to make it uh and then fight for that or where where does it um it's it's, it's clear to me that you know you're very discerning and i think you know to my husband's credit you know he is he gave you a very pastoral answer um <laughs> I think I think that there are some undertones where there's there are some subtleties of some different doctrine being presented on the show, but I think that's what makes this show so funny and what is going to make the season unfold and be great television and also minister to people because you're right to a certain extent it's like you're saying one thing and you're holding the whole world. You know, when I say the whole world, I mean the entire cast and everyone that meets you on the show. You're holding everyone else to this standard, and yet we're seeing, we are seeing some gaps. And we as cast members and we as your sisters in Christ are seeing some things that are not lining up, just to be honest, with what you are presenting. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, we all have our different ways of coming at Tara about this very subject. You know, Dominique... And and she are like oil and water. So you'll begin to see them, you know, a lot of times I'm in the middle trying to help them air out both of their sides. And both mm-hmm. of them are making good points. Although, um, as you can see, what I was, you know, Tara and I initially, um, I didn't know she was taking my words, you know, to heart to the level that she was. Mm-hmm. Um because I was in no way trying to offend her. I, I really felt like I was loving her whole because I really didn't want to see her deemed ineffective because I was, you know, I had the opportunity to be privy from, you know, being in the show with her and watching her talk to the production staff, watching her deal with people behind the cameras and the executives and watching their faces as they scratched their heads saying, what are they talking about? Mm-hmm. And I saw mm-hmm. that developing, and I saw the language that she was using in our taping sessions, and people were getting frustrated. And I was saying, you know, this is tragic because I know that she knows the word. I know that she loves God, and she is a loving person, and I love her with the love of Christ. Is she someone that is tough to get along with on a day-to-day basis? Yes, because she is so rigid. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Has a great sense of humor, you know, and... You'll see me struggling to try to look for the, always find the good in Tara throughout the taping, even when the scenes are hard to deal with. Um, Mm -hmm. But I am always keeping it real with her and not afraid to say, you know what, you really need to put a mirror to what you just said or what you just did, because it's 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 hypocritical to to who you say you are, you know. So 
um, it's 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 good. I mean, it it's, it gets really it's interesting. It's going to get really. Well, again, I commend the the, the uh, whoever at TLC picked you guys because they they picked a, a a a really great blend of of personalities. Because on the flip side of that, hmm. uh, Dominique is just absolutely adorable. Everyone falls in love with her when they hear her story, and you they feel do. her pain. She's amazing, Philip. She is. She's incredible, and and what she what she went through, how she's struggling right now in 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 her faith, in her marriage. That's mm-hmm. real. That is absolutely real because there are people that are going through that across the not just the nation, across the world. What yeah. I noticed that is that uh, at the at the at the dinner or lunch, whatever it was, her story really really moved you. It did. Um, it and, and it moved you, and I and I just pray that it moves people across the nation because um, it's powerful, you know, and, and it's so real for her, you know. Um, Pastor Mark, you um, uh, are going uh, to, uh, as they say, boldly going where no pastor has gone before. Uh, in one sense. You might have not asked for this, uh, but in another sense, maybe you did. But what, what, whatever it is, you are uh, captain of this new ship uh, that is, is sailing out. And what is the message that you want uh, uh, people uh, watching the show from all faiths and denominations? Because I think this show is necessary for Buddhists to watch, for Catholics to watch, for uh, atheists to watch, for metaphysicians to watch, anyone. I think it's just something that is necessary. Uh, and what is the message and, uh, and the mission that you want to convey uh, to the viewers? Yeah, I think that uh, I try to convey the message of love through uh, my relationship with uh, with my wife. I'll be honest with you, in, in a lot of the scenes where we all, when we all are, are together, I don't say much as if you saw the scene at the dinner table. I didn't say anything mm-hmm. the whole mm-hmm. uh, the whole time because I try I try to just just speak when when I really hear from God. I'm, I was trying to be conscious of that even during during the film and when I'm with my wife and we're shooting scenes together. Um, I'm saying a whole lot because I'm being real with our interaction and the interaction that you see on the show between us is how we are off camera, how we are at churches is real and it's a real love. And so what I, from the show, uh, what I, I hope that people see is that you can be young, uh, you can be fun, uh, you can be uh, uh, in love, and then you and you can express that. And I think not only uh, is that necessary to, uh, to be seen uh, by the church, but just uh, in our culture, period, uh, it's necessary that our young folks see a couple that's in love, that has some uh, some stability, and, and trying to do it the right way. We're not we're not perfect. There will be bumps along the way, but what we seek to remain together forever and uh, let the world see that love that we share. So that's that's what we're trying to convey. Fantastic, fantastic. Ivy, want to add anything to that? In terms of, I mean, sometimes when he, y'all are answering these questions so well, I'm, I'm like, well, what, what's left in the question? Yeah, it's, not, it's not much left on that, is there? That's much left on that. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, <laughs> not that I can remember. Um, uh one of the funny things that, that also happened on the show was, uh, and this is pertaining to you two in particular, um, uh, and, and I'll let either one of you answer this, and that is uh, Ivy wants a lot of babies. 
<laughs> oh my goodness! My goodness! She, my goodness! She wants a lot of babies, uh, Pastor Mark. What, what, what are you? Are you? What are you prepared to do here? Well, I, I would say that the viewers are going to have to tune in because <laughs> what what they have, what you're not prepared for, are some of the things, some of the trials, and some of the things that we literally were going through while the reality show was being taped. And so mm-hmm. it is very real. And um, we agreed as a couple that we would let the world in because I think that um, it's in trial and it's through struggle, whether it be in a marriage or at work or wherever, that you really grow um, and where you really get to experience, you know, Christ. And so um, it's, it's going to be a wild ride. And so, yeah, I, I have told the world that I want new babies and, I'm not. I don't care about financial struggle. And I told my husband, you know, because <laughs> you know, we do things. We don't do things out, you know, when we're not on one accord. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see how this, how it all plays out for us. You know. Um, how can uh, people get in contact with you? What are the web addresses to your ministry? Uh, and this is your time to get all of the www dots out and your Facebooks and your Twitters out. What? Uh, how can people get in contact with you guys and find you? I think uh, markcouchministries.com connects to all of the web pages. You can go to markcouchministries.com, M-A-R-K-C-O-U-C-H, ministries.com. From there, you can connect to um, our church website, Emmanuel Tabernacle Church. From there, you can connect to um, Jabez uh, Entertainment, um, the company uh, the company that we are part of um, that represent us. Uh, from there, you can connect to um, uh, You Qualify, uh, uh, which is um, a ministry that, that we launched uh, specifically to reach hurting, uh, hurting women. And so that's sort of Ivy's uh, baby that you qualify. So uh, it's it's sort of pattern after, you know, T.D. Jakes has Woman Thou Art Loose uh, up under his ministry. And for us, um, our Woman Thou Art Loose are, is you qualify dealing with uh, rejected women. So Mark, you mm. everything. We're going to have you come back on the show, Ivy, and talk just about that. That's very, very powerful and necessary. Honored. I'd be honored. Um, um Thank you. You know, this is this is this is what this is about. Just yeah. being allowed a platform to be real and let people know that you know you can have struggles and still love God and yeah. still be saved by grace. So. Yeah. Well, the Philippe Matthew Show absolutely loves you, supports you uh, in everything that you're doing. Uh, I am absolutely blessed that uh, uh, that uh, our paths uh, have crossed and we're able to have a dialogue in this time in this place and space. I would love for you guys. Uh, to find some time and come back on the show uh, as the show progresses, as you guys are doing new things. Uh, keep in contact. Let us know what you guys are doing so we can blast that out to to our uh, listeners, readers, and viewers. God bless you guys. God bless Amen. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Felipe. Talk soon. All right. We'll talk soon. All right. God bless. God bless, God bless. you, man. Peace. All right. Bye-bye.